the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. With me is always my buddy, my co-host, my pal, man of the plan, the dude who's actually giving me the, the reins today <laughs> to bring in for the Jets episode. This is wild. I don't even know what I'm going to do today. I don't even know what to say, but we got, we're going to talk about some green and white. We're going to talk about the orange and blue. We're going to talk about, uh, well, the pinstripes, of course. We're going to do that at the end. But with me is my co-host, John Malika. Man's just smiling over here back in the studio. What's happening, bro? How are you doing today? What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, dude, I, I had to give you the reins today because we have a special guest that's a Knicks-Jets and Yankees hybrid. So I figured I'd give you the reins on that, let you, you know, take a Jets episode over, uh, you know, just switch it up a little bit. But everything's good, man. The weather's nice. I'm off COVID quarantine or back in the back, back in the normal studio. Work is good. It's nice out, quote unquote, for New York, which means it's not 100 degrees and or raining. So everything's good, man. We got a fun guest, and for the fir- the finals was awesome. And for the first time, I'm like actually excited about the Jets training camp. We had the rookies come in. Everything sold out. Like, what's not to be happy about, man? We're still living in you know pre Knicks draft, pre you know signing anyone. Like everything is just peachy in my world. <laughs> like at, the exa- <laughs> at this exact moment, everything is perfect. You know, the Jets are 0 and 0, the Knicks are 0 and 0. Everything's positive. Like right now, everything's good. We will we'll get into the Yankees. Even the Yankees are looking up right now in some weird way. So like I'm everything's good right now. How are you, bro? I'm doing all right. You know, it's uh, starting to get a little rainy out here out in the the bean area, so take it in stride. But after hearing all those, you know, wonderful things, Nick's got a new season up on the way, zero and zero. Sure, Jets zero and zero starting a good season. We got some young rookies to be hyped about, and the Yankees. Well, I I, I won't. I, I I'll, I'll be I'll be a little patient to to get. We got a hit and run, bro. We got a hit and run the other day with some AAA folks. We haven't lost a game. <laughs> We're killing it right now. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you can hear that laughter on this side, we got a wonderful guest, as John was talking about. We got Lee Valentine, comedian extraordinaire with us. He, just like us, is a Knicks, Jets, and Yankees fan. So, Lee, how are you doing today, my man? What's doing going on? all right, man. Thank you very much for having me on, man. This is cool. Uh, Alex, I love your uh, your intro, man. You were so excited. We were having like a conversation pregame. You were like so nice and subtle, and then you get into the character and you do the the excitement, man. I love it. It's good to be on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, we're happy to have you here. Love the content that you put on your YouTube channel, whether it's just seeing your stand up comedy throughout New York City, whether it's just or it's just <laughs> posting stuff on Twitter or even your YouTube channel, making fun of the, the Jets, the Knicks, Yankees, just going off on everybody and giving a good spin to it. We, we enjoy your content, man. So it's only right that we, we have you on to, to bring some humor and just to, you know, have a kickback, talk about our team, see what's going on and have a good conversation, man. And, uh, you know, try to get excited. It's sports. I love sports. So that's why I get hyped. I, I love yeah. doing this. I love doing this. It's a good time to be a fan. Well, not really the Yankees, but it's a good time to be a fan. There we go. We got, first of all, just so everyone can picture this because we're not on YouTube yet. We're, we're getting towards there. We're, we're working towards it. 
We got Lee with the Knicks background. I love it. We got me wearing uh, Jasper Manhattan College green. So, you know, the New York Jets colors. And we got John wearing a New York Yankee shirt. So we're covering all the bases here today. We're and a Jets background. And a Jets background. Yeah, I like the, I like the blanket in the background. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got to rep the Jets. That's there of course. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So let, let's let's kick this thing off. Lee, how did you start in comedy, by the way, man? Like, what What made you want to go down that route? Um. I, I don't tell the story often, but, uh, I, I, uh, a buddy of mine wanted to write a movie and his, his, um, he's like one of my closest friends, like a brother to me. And he, uh, wanted to take a writing class. So it was, you know, he was planning on writing a comedic short or something like that. And, uh, long story short, uh, I paid for the class. He never paid for the class. So after about a year, you know, I was like, I got money in the street. Let me just, you know, go take this class. It turned out to be a stand up class. I loved it. At the end of the class, you do a performance and, you know, I just invited all my friends out and I had a great time. And from there I was hooked, man, and haven't stopped since. So, and, and I used to rap back in the days. I used to be in a group and we were performing at clubs and shit like that. So the, the stage was kind of like, you know, I was comfortable with the stage a little bit. So yeah, comedy was the natural transition for me, man. So it's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. That's dope, man. I I, I love your, like I said at the beginning, I love your comedy. It's great. Uh, you had me, I can't remember all of them, but there was some, uh, there was, I forget which club you were at that was watching on YouTube, but it was, I think you're just ripping on some college students who are just chilling, chilling in the back. I oh, have to yeah, go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the way you're just going at him was just getting me, getting me going yeah. every single time. It's because yeah. he has this like calm demeanor, right? He's like, he's like, like soft spoken and he's like, he stops in between words. But like when you listen to what he's saying, he just like keeps like ravaging on them. And it's yeah. just like, but he's being so calm and nice, but he's like not being, he's like being a savage the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, like seven dudes came. We, we have yeah. that a lot. You know, we'll have like a whole bunch of guys come out to a show and they think it's a good idea, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool to rag on those guys and they're good sports. They were good sports about it, man. So it's fun. Yeah, dude, it's nerve wracking going like to the, I like to go to the cellar sometimes. It's nerve wracking, man. Like you don't want to sit in the front. You got to make sure I'm not I'm wearing like a plain gray shirt. <laughs> like, you know, like nothing, like no hat, like nothing to like catch anyone's eye. Like, yeah, sure no, it's with, like people that don't look weird. Like you, you got to like, <laughs> it's great, man. We, and we love, we love the interaction too, man. So it's sit in the front, man. It's <laughs> not mean spirited. You know, I, I understand like people don't want to get picked on, but it's all, it's all in good fun, man. So go ahead and sit in the front. And- <laughs> I got you. Next time, I'll, pull, I'll, I'll post it a picture. I'll sit right in the front. I'll post all it right. next I got you. <laughs> so let me ask you this question, though. Who who are your some of your biggest influences uh, for comedy? Like, who do you, like, I guess, like, idol, like, your, your stand-up after? Do you have any ones in particular? Um, I love, I, I can't say er, early on, you know, I guess... Some of my favorites, let me start there. Some of my favorites are like, you know, Eddie Murphy, obviously. I love Mike Epps. Absolutely love Mike Epps. Um, and like Cedric the Entertainer, Corey Holcomb, guys like that, you know, Nate Bargatze. There's a lot, so many people that I love to watch. Um, obviously the greats, Bill Burr, CK and stuff like that. But I really, really love Mike Epps, man. Like, 
He's just one of my favorites. Him and Corey Holcomb just, you know, are, are really, really fantastic stand-ups, man. But I, I can't say that I, I, um, I, it's difficult because they have such unique styles and they have such unique content that, you know, my content is completely different. I, I talk about life and stuff like that. And they're just, yeah. you know, Corey Holcomb is talking about bitches and hoes. And Mike, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Mike Epps is just silly. He's just silly and, and making fun of street shit. And I love that, man. So also, he's so animated. Right. You, you right, know what I mean? Right. So it's different. Like he's also like such visual comedy. You know, right. The whole time, right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So those th- yeah those things i don't really do but yeah it's they're great okay now i gotta touch back on this because it kind of got slid under the radar for a little bit because john john decided to hop in but you said you were part of a rap group how long did you do that for? How long <laughs> he's not letting that slide that was very very long ago i was that was like 30 years ago we need the demo lee we need the demo <laughs> <laughs> it was cool man i i got to you know i got to see some meet some really dope people like i saw mop starting out we did a show with them you know i got to see fat joe in the flow joe days you know we we got to do some stuff with um like krs one's brother k def you know so it was like very early on we were kind of like backpack rappers and stuff like that but and we got to meet like some of the coolest people and do some of the coolest things but you know i had a kid at the time so you know my focus was on that and not on the on the rap thing so kind of fell apart and uh just recently i heard i'm the reason that we didn't make it so that made me feel terrible <laughs> jeez <laughs> Man, wait, do I have do I have like do I have like a random Lee Valentine like uh, demo from New York City that someone passed out to me years ago? Like is I, that- I, you know, <laughs> we weren't they, they, we were before CDs. So oh no, all right. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to date you. I didn't On the cassette. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the cassette tapes. We actually did a demo. This is the coolest thing that we did. We besides the shows and stuff like that, we did a demo for back in the day for DJ Red Alert and he would play it on his show um at night and I remember the first time I heard it like I lost my fucking mind I was you know my dad recorded it and stuff like that so it was dope man it was it was definitely a dope experience cool. but yeah I can't rap to save my life and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you guys so you were the opening act for like uh Fadjo and those type of guys is that how you met them or uh, no, well, we were, we were hanging out with guys who were kind of like, so when we were doing shows, we were kind of like, we were definitely amateurs. So we were opening shows. Um, so yeah, we, but we met them through, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys know Prince Ike C who was down with Africa Bambada and all, oh, yeah. you know, and, and those guys. So that's kind of how the connection came about. But, um, you know, it was just great. Like looking back now, and I, I think I told the story on Twitter one time. It's like I, I did a we did a show at the arena, which was downtown. Um, I don't even know if it's there or what it's called now, but we did a show at the arena. We got off stage. MOP comes on. Right. And I looked at them and I was like, they're definitely going to make it. And I think after that, I quit rapping like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not like them. <laughs> it was like, like I get chills thinking about it now because it was like just seeing, being able to see them so early on and then go on to have the success that they ha- they've had and the careers that they've had, man. It's really, really dope. Really dope. That's, cool. That's awesome. But so before we move off this topic, what was the stage name? We got to know the stage name now. What was it? Um, holy shit. Um, <laughs> 
I don't even remember. The, um, the name of the group was Elements of Style, but I had a few names like okay. Okay. probably something stupid like Lee Rock or something stupid like that. Um, or Lee Love. I think it was Lee Love and, okay. uh, yeah, that was that was the stage name. It was I, stupid. I literally have a, I literally have a law school writing book called Elements of Style. So that really, makes, that makes, yeah. I think that's where I think that's where we got it from. It was like a book. You know, it was three of us in a group: a DJ, myself, and the other talented dudes. Man, talented dudes, really fucking hardworking dudes. Like my boy Rob James was like at the time. You know, he was the better of the two, but you know. It was it was a really good time, man. It was a really good time, and we had a lot of fun. But um, I fucked it up, so <laughs> don't, put, don't put too much pressure on yourself, okay? You don't have to put all that pressure on yourself, yeah, please. I think, uh, right. I think we're okay. I think we're all right now. <laughs> you know, I wish I would have kept going, though, man. I wish I would have kept going. Yeah, I mean, you could always go back if you really wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, comedy, rap. It seems like everyone wants to touch into every single game at this point. You got yeah, athletes nope. who want to be rappers. You got rappers who want to be athletes. Right. You got comedians right. who want to do both. Uh, right, everyone's out right, there Blake Griffin. Everything. Blake yeah. Griffin. Yeah, that's a good. He put on that's a good really show. Good he was actually really funny. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't I didn't see his stand. I saw that he was doing stand up, but you know what? I think everybody should try it. You know why? It's hum. It's a humbling experience. And you realize how difficult it is and you respect it more. That's just like anything else, yeah, right? If you sure. if you've been punched in the face, like you appreciate the, the <laughs> hard work that the boxers do and shit like yeah. that. So I think everybody should do it and try it at least once. Fair enough. Can you imagine if everyone tried to be a professional athlete and then got punched in the face trying to do it? <laughs> so, some of the people on the couch need to do like, oh, how come you didn't do that? How come you didn't finish the lip? Why don't you go try out there for a second? Right, well, that's right. Why, that's why right. don't you go do it? Lee wants to Lee wants to line people up, just one by one, punch them in the face, so they appreciate <laughs> boxing, appreciate the sport. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had friends who would be like, you know, throw your hands and be like, I, I imagine. You know, I want people to imagine what it's like holding their hands up for two minutes straight, dodging <laughs> yeah. punches and trying to hit somebody who's moving. Right. It's and so like good. eight pounds, like at least, right? Like at exactly. least like the minimum is six, but they're usually like eight to ten. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, heavy. It's, it's difficult. It's yeah. it's difficult. So you appreciate it more once you do it for sure. One hundred percent. I did title boxing a couple of times. I was like, nah, my shoulders are dead. Can't do this. I can't imagine what boxers are doing. I'm quitting this. Going back to playing pickup. That's what yeah. I'm good at. <laughs> I'll go stick with that. But speaking about sports, that's what we're here for. We're going to talk about the New York Jets firstly. We got to talk about the green and white because of the Jets episodes. We're going to lead off with them, then go Knicks, then go Yankees. So what is your state? What is, what is your position right now on the New York Jets? We just saw probably one of the worst outings thanks to Adam Gase. It was the most disgusting thing possible. People, the New York Knicks fans hate uh, Alfred Payton and David Fisdale. Jets fans, we hate Adam Gase. It's probably much worse. How, how do you yeah. feel about the New York Jets now? It's no, there's no, I'm so relieved that Adam Gase is gone. It's the only move that the Jets have ever made that we've, that the fans have not been split on. Like hiring <laughs> him, I would rather have Alfred Payton start next year than have Adam Gase's coach. <laughs> That's how that's bad bold. he. That's a bold statement, but I kind of agree. I think. Yeah, that's I how agree bad. That too. But I'm the most I'm the most optimistic Jets fan, man. I think the season is so short, right? It's 18 weeks now, 17 games. It's I get so excited for this time of year because the build up to the season is so, and it's only 17. It's four hours every Sunday, and you can dedicate like the Knicks play 82 games, the Yankees play 162. 
There's nothing like sitting in front of the TV Sunday starting at 10 o'clock, reading everything that you can about the Jets, tweeting about it, and the anticipation and the lead up to, to the one o'clock game is just the most exciting thing. So I, I'm every year I get the feeling that the Jets are going to do it. And then <laughs> do about, what? Week, do what, about week two, I'm like, nah, maybe not. <laughs> But first, let me shout out. Let me shout out, um, Coach Knapp, man. He he got into an accident, so hopefully he recovers, man. I, uh, it's terrible news. It's terrible news that he got into the accident, but you know he was like the guy for Zach Wilson, right? So you hope he recovers soon, and you know that Zach can can get some help from maybe the assistant or another QB coach or something like that, because that's an important part of the team, you know, a rookie quarterback. So. You know, I I hope he recovers, but shout out to him. Absolutely. Shout out Life to is Coach a game Knapp. of inches, bro. Life is literally a game of inches. It's so crazy. Yeah, shout out to Coach Knapp. Hopefully he recovers from that accident, you know, not just for, for the sport, but more so for his family than anything else because right. they need him most of all. So yep. shout out to Coach Knapp. Best regards from us. Speedy recovery. We hope to see you back on the field as soon as possible. We're in the box wherever you may be. But mm-hmm. absolutely, like, you know, I, I'm the same with you, Lee, that for most of my life, I've just been just, you know, I'm just like somehow like it's like uh, men in black. I just get my memory erased. And it's like, I don't remember what happened last season. We're going to win this year. We're gonna, it's, everything's going to happen. It's going to be good. It's going to be OK. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, shit, what the hell? I thought this right. was supposed to be it. Yeah. Trust me, I, I I feel you on that. There's there's a there's a period after I graduated. So we just did the back to back with Mark Sanchez for the AFC Championship. Lost both of them, and I was so hyped for the following season. I'm like we're gonna do it this year. I was like we're gonna do it. Colts got us, fuck them. We we beat them the next year. Steelers got us. We're gonna beat them next year. And we're gonna do it this time. Yeah. We go eight and eight. And the worst part about it is that there was this guy that I kept seeing because uh, I worked I worked in property management for a little bit. So this guy who was at the same – at this one building just would always – he was a Giants fan. And I don't have anything against the Giants. But Giants fans towards Jets fans can just be so obnoxious and so insufferable that it just yeah. makes you want to punch them in the face. Yeah. Okay? Well, Big just calling it straight like it is. And yeah. this guy who's like, the Jets suck. They're an 8-8 eight and eight team. Ba 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 ba. The, the the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl this year. You you call and like I was like, yo, this guy is so bold. I was like, he is so fucking bold that he's actually calling a Super Bowl, and the Jets are going eight and eight, and we're game three of the preseason. <laughs> like, yo, who is this guy? Like, just shut up. And like every time I see him, like it was like purposefully. It felt like purposefully like attacking me. A twenty one year old. Keep in mind, this guy's not like thirty or forty. This dude's sixty eight. And he's just attacking me for no reason, like God, absolutely no reason. Football, to just, and so, <laughs> and so, what happens that season? His prediction actually came true, yeah, which was yeah. the worst. That yeah. was the worst part of it. Yeah. And the fact that the Giants had to play the Jets that season on right. Christmas Eve, right. and I had to go game, in bro. on Monday and have to deal with it. Oh my God, yeah. that was the worst part of the entire <laughs> situation. And the fact that the Giants even won, he was like, "Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you?" I should be. I was like, "Yo, man, where are the winning lotto numbers?" I was like, you're so good. Come on. You're so good at predicting everything. Tell me right now. I I was like the most, I never wanted to punch someone in the face more so than that guy. I hope he caught, (laughs) I hope he caught COVID, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) His prediction in 2011. No, it's, uh, and the worst, the worst part about it too is that we helped them get to the playoffs that year. You know, that, that touchdown helped them get to the playoffs. So, uh, I'd like to say that 
as a Jets fan, we take responsibility for that, for the Giants winning. So, But listen, yeah. listen. Man. We, all, we should also the, take responsibility for them getting Victor Cruz at, uh, too because yes. Victor Cruz, Rex Ryan did like Victor Cruz. Yes. I'm pretty, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think he did try come out for the Jets and we cut him and he goes straight to the Giants. Yeah. Uh, I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. So you're welcome, Giants fans. You're welcome. <laughs> honestly, honestly, no matter what Giants fans do, because I agree, Giants fans are – very, they're extremely annoying, especially because the, like when you take into account New York has like two teams for everything, right? Like Rangers Islanders, Yankees Mets, like Red Bull, NYCFC, everything. But for some reason, the Giants fans are the most annoying. To, I, I would say probably Yankee fans towards the Mets fans, probably horrible. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I think yeah. that the Giants fans, uh, towards the Jets is tough, but I'm always going to low key like the Giants just because they saved us and the world from crowning Tom Brady as twice the most, twice. the most amazing. He would be literally like, uh, he would be king. Like he would honestly, they might have made it like, uh, like a monarchy in, in America just made if he won those two. So I honestly am glad, uh, for the Giants and I'm, I'm always going to have some type of love for them. But when we're really talking about this season, dude, like the, the rookie camps just came in. I know that Alex and I were having a lot of discussions, a lot of trouble. Getting over uh, our ex girlfriend of Sam Darnold, right? <laughs> like, same, we, we, yeah, I, I know you were. I know you were on the same page with us. Yeah, uh, and then um, we were all disappointed that we didn't get Trevor Lawrence at first, and then we were all like, "Who is this Zach Wilson kid? Why does everyone love him so much?" We were. I think us three were like kind of rolling the same way the whole time. So yeah. now that we're sitting here, man, like literally rookies are reporting. We have the we have the training camp right around the corner, and it's not just us that's excited. Like all of our training camps are uh, sold out for the fans within 24 hours. You know, there's a lot of hype. So let's just start with you know the main attraction with Zach Wilson, and I guess because of him, like it kind of rolls into you know Elijah Vera Tucker and the line. You got a lot, you know, the Elijah Moore situation. So like, what's your what's your opinion on you know Zach Wilson and just the offense at least? And we just talked about the pass coordinator and how that's kind of tough, you know. So like, what are your what are your what's your initial you know I don't want to say reaction, but like, what's your initial thoughts here, man? Like, what's your impression going in? You know, I'm a, I'm a team first guy, right? So I root for the, for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey, right? So it, although it's sad to see Sam gone and we didn't, you know, get the help around him, it's great to see that they're getting it right now, right? So all of these guys are good ball players. They're pros, right? So if you put them, I feel like if you put them in the right, uh, right situation, they're going to succeed. So the number one thing, for quarterback is protection. And we know, like we were just talking about the Giants defeating Tom Brady. A lot of it was because they were putting pressure on the quarterback, right? If this dude has all day to throw, if Zach Wilson has all day to throw, he can make the throws, right? Mm-hmm. If, if we set up the run game and, you know, the, the, the down and distance is in our favor, we're going to succeed, right? So it feels good that Joe Douglas is, has, knows what he's doing. It, I'm glad that we didn't draft two safeties back to back, that we didn't draft a defensive tackle in the first round. You know what I'm saying? So dude. the dude knows what he's doing. And the most, the thing that I love most about the draft pick is Zach Wilson's mom. Like that's my favorite. <laughs> like not only is she cute, but she talks a lot. She's all over Instagram. So that's my favorite part. You know, he can focus on football and let his mom do the talking and. <laughs> Do you like, do you that. like those, like, pick, those 
I don't know if they're propaganda pictures about like, just Zach Wilson like pulling up film everywhere they are, like playing cards at dinner, and she's just <laughs> taking pictures of him watching film. Do you think that's real, or do you think that's like just for the gram? Um, no, I I think it's I think it's real. She's she loves her son, um, and I don't even know. Actually, you know what? I don't. He looks like his mom. I don't even think that's his real dad. His dad doesn't. Even- <laughs> We're opening up We need to get Maury in on this. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I, I have full I have full confidence in he's got the weapons, man. It's just fucking exciting to finally see. Like we know the defensive is, is gonna be good, right? Salah's gonna, you know, scheme and the DC they're gonna scheme. They have ball players on defense. Mosley, you know, the D line is great. Front seven is is solid. We're not too worried about the back end because, you know, there's going to be so much pressure on the quarterback. You know, the, the, the DBs are going to come up big this year, I think. But it's just exciting to finally have an offense that can do damage. And we haven't seen this since 2015 or whatever, Fitzpatrick with Decker and, and Marshall and shit. So I'm excited, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited as well. I, I'm I'm more excited for Elijah more than anything else, just because every highlight you see of him, every clip is him doing one-handed dives and catches and so forth and, and making every play that you need from a wide receiver. Uh, my dad would always say this. He's like, how can we never have the wide receivers that can just make the catch? Like, the, make the catch. Like, it hits their hands, they either drop it, but we don't have the guy that will dive out catch we don't have the guy that will extend up in the air take the hit and go catch it Elijah Moore seems like one of those guys Corey Davis seems like one of those guys who can do that Corey Davis is a tank yeah. uh, so I, I'm excited for him too and then whew, you know Denzel Mims I can't wait to see what he can do on the outside and actually have someone who can get him the ball because we actually have protection and not Sam just throwing the ball away for his life but yeah. you know I, I'm excited I'm still like I'm setting myself not to have the highest expectations just because it just takes a while for a quarterback just to adjust to like game speed and even to understand all the reads and all the, for, for everything. So I'll maintain expectations, but I wouldn't be surprised if we actually had like a nine and was it, uh, is it not, it's not nine and seven, nine and eight. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if they went nine and eight because of we were bad last year. So we're going to have to face some bad teams as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes by. And if we go, t- if we go ten and seven, I'm going to be throwing a party over here. I, I will dub this kid the franchise myself. I'll <laughs> drive down. At. That's where I'm at right now, man. I want, I want that ten and seven too, man. Yeah, I think I it's possible. Ten and seven. So is Nate Burleson. So is Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson is. He wants ten and seven. We're all, we all, all, all of us, all of us. I mean, so we we'll, all <laughs> want it. I'm we all kidding. want it, but is it going to happen? No, think about uh, it. That's another, that's another story. Our issue last year was not being able to score, right? And that puts so much pressure on the defense, right? We have Braden Mann who can control field position, right? Oh boy. We have, we have the offensive line who can protect the quarterback. The run game is going to be much better. P. Ryan, who went unnoticed last year, will probably, you know, be better this year. He might not even start. Carter might, might start. Yeah, dude. I um, love, I'm so happy you brought that up, Lee. I'm sorry to cut you off yeah, for a no. second, but I'm so happy because I guess I've been itching to say, like, our running backs are what's going to control this whole team. And we're not even talking about Tevin Coleman. We're not even talking about Michael Carter. Like, we're not talking about any of these guys who've been, uh, Ty Johnson, who right. had a fantastic year. Ty, like, Ty Johnson P. was Ryan. great last year. Forget yeah. P. Ryan, bro. You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect, yeah. but you know what I mean? He's not like, no. 
So um, I, I, they're going to control that tempo. You're totally right, man. I'm so those like the wide zone to the left with Elijah Moore and Mikai Becton. Like that's what makes me want to wake up in the morning and watch Jets football. Yeah, if 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 a big if is obviously Becton staying on the field, right? Yes. But we even have depth, right? Because Fant can move. I don't know if he's going to move over to the left at times. Moses can move to the left. Fant can step right in as right tackle. You know what I'm saying? So, or Fant can even move to guard. So, you know, the, not only do we have talent, but we have depth. But a big if is Makai, if Makai can stay on it. Cause this seems like every, every game he was like down, you know, he was on the ground, you know, writhing in pain, but, and it's a tough position to play, but yeah, he's got to stay on the field for us. He's a big dude. He's close to 400 pounds. That's yeah. a 400 pound man. That's, that's a, that's a lot of weight to be carrying around. <laughs> it's a new issue, man. It's a foot issue. And like yeah. Alex, you always say, dude, like, Foot issue for offensive linemen, like that is the number one concern. Yeah. Hopefully, I th- you know, he's young, so relatively young, like 20, like early 20. So hopefully he can bounce back from that. He should be able to, but we'll see what happens. I just like the way he, he was a, by far a best player, though. Like just manhandling Absolutely. everybody. Bosa's, could he, the fact that he stopped Bosa's, both Bosa's from doing whatever they wanted to on us, like back to back, I was like, all right, we, uh, we, we, we were pretty sad here at the left tackle. And that's, I think, what's the most encouraging thing is that Joe Douglas, as you pointed out we, earlier, is that Joe Douglas is knowing that we have to build the line. And that's what we were asking McCagna to do for such a long time. We were even asking, like, Idzik to, like, hey, uh, Mangold and DeBrickashaw are going to retire at some point. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I don't think we who, realized that they retired for, like, we, five years. <laughs> who's Vlad Dukakis? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's still in the league too i think yeah that's funny but it's like mike just thinking about mike tannenbaum being our best executive oh my god that says a lot salary capologist yeah that was our general manager yeah god help us yeah we've been through a lot man so (laughs) i'm sorry guys i'm sorry group hug (laughs) (laughs) we're here we're finally made it but let's touch on let's touch on the defense real quick because I, I quasi agree with you, Lee, that our defense is going to be fine with Saw. Like, definitely the front seven. Linebackers, you know, CJ Mosley coming back, looking in great shape. You know, according to Connor Hughes, has him as our MVP as of right now, based on how he looks. But our defensive backs, man, <laughs> pretty, pretty bare. Like, Hall, Hall, you know, he played late last year, played well. Um, bless Austin is a pleasant surprise, right? Um, we got Marcus May back. He's franchised, but he's still going to be out there playing. I think, um, you know, having Joyner in there is going to help us as well. Huge. You know, what a so, signing, bro. Yeah. I, I think, you know, all the guys they have back there. And, and again, it's about schemes, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if you can put pressure on a quarterback, that makes it a little bit easier for, you know, sure. any scheme that you design on the back end, right? So all guys got to do is, you know, play their position. We probably won't get a lot of man-to-man, but, you know, it, I think we're going to be fine. And I think these guys are going to surprise. Um, Ashton Davis is a year older now, you know. I mean, it's a new system for him, but, you know, he's a talented dude. So I I think that they're going to be, uh, uh, they're going to be a pleasant surprise this year. I hope yeah, so. We got, because... Don't forget, we got Sherwood and um, Hamza as the linebackers too. Like they're going right. to be playing some coverage. We do have Jason Pinock. I, uh, we have DJ who was on who was on a previous episode. The right, you know, a beat writer from the Daily News. He was he was he was talking a lot about our uh, you know both the new cornerbacks. He's excited about both of them. 
Um, so, you know, and Lamar Jackson too. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson, yeah. You know, he got a lot of his stuff out last year. He, you know, he made some bad plays, but you know, he's a he's got talent. He's got some talent. He has a year under his belt, so he'll be better too. Yeah, I I, I actually agree with you know your original premise back in the beginning of this episode about the Giants and their front seven, uh, like Alex also alluded yeah. to, and it. It's great that that's going to actually be our strength. And we haven't seen a pass rush strength, especially with no blitz, right? Because like at least Rex Ryan had a somewhat pass rush with the blitz. But we haven't had a natural, you know, progressive pass rush it, since Johnny Abraham since and John Sean Abraham. Ellis. Yeah, yeah. yeah so – it, it, it's it's a it's honestly going to be weird. It's going to be new. It's going to be it's going to it cannot be the same old Jets. Like literally cannot because it's going to be yeah. like we're going to be doing way different. Our mistakes are going to be just way different. Right. You know what I mean than what yeah. we're used to. Uh, but another guy that Alex alluded to is C.J. Mosley, and I know that Alex specifically was has been just annoyed with this guy because he had he had the most immaculate half of all time. <laughs> As we all know. And then that was it. Him and Avery Williamson. Avery Williamson, you know, tore his ACL because we left him in for too long for the Snoopy Bowl. And CJ Mosley got injured, which we suspected hernia, but we never actually knew what happened. And then he took a year off with the Adam Gase, Adam Gase disease, not not COVID. Good for him. him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, and then, and then of course we have the newest report um, from Connor Hughes saying he looks absolutely phenomenal. So, our front is going to be, you know, our strength and our back is going to be our weakness. So it looks like, you know, the scale is going to be weighed upon CJ Mosley. Right. So I guess my question to you is, what do you think about him, man? You seem excited about him. Good for him. So what do you think about his, his, his past tenure, his new tenure? Cause don't forget, we're giving him like 18 mil a year, dude. He's not mm. like some guy. I think you know? these, yeah, these guys have egos, right? They're, they're phenomenal football players. He hears the noise about not sitting out last year and, you know, we kind of know why he did and he was, he was right to, right? There's no reason to play for Adam Gase. I wish Le'Veon would have done the same thing, but it was no, there was no reason for him to play. So I think he's going to have a comeback year. He's going to, as long as he can stay healthy, he'll be phenomenal. And, and the defense will, will feed off of, you know, his energy, um, you know, and the teams are going to have trouble throwing the ball with the pass rush. They're going to try to run more. And, you know, the run defense is going to have to step up and he's going to be a big part of that. So expect him to get over 100 tackles again, you know, and we'll he'll he'll be the defense last year. May may might may not even get that many tackles this year because, you know, um He'll he'll be there. Davis as well is yep. a linebacker, so I I think we're gonna be fine, man. I think we're gonna be fine. Cool. Yeah, definitely agree with the front being fine, and may probably won't. Uh, let me ask you your question on that though. How do you feel about Marcus May not getting a deal done so far before we start transitioning over into the Knicks? We can we can we can franchise him next year too, right? So yeah, yeah. you know that's his that's a thing that. You know, they have to discuss with the union, right? So <laughs> the Jets are well within their right to franchise him. He's a great player. He'll get paid, you know, what he's worth. And, you know, if it happens again, if he performs this year, if he outperforms his, his, his tag, then, you know, we might tag him again, but you know, it, he'll get a deal. He'll get but a like, deal, but he, what's he really crying about? He'll be making 25 mil in two years off, you know, one year deals. You know what I mean? In the NFL. 
That's like that's quarterback money, you know, and he's a safety, which is like the most, you know. So if you do get double franchised, it's annoying, but like also you made twenty five mil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess. But again, these guys have egos, right? And they're they're playing their hearts out. They don't know how long they're gonna have, right? He may not even make it to that contract next year. So, you know, they want that guaranteed money. They want. You know, they want the security. There's football is the only league where there's no security, right? Like we see Bobby Bonilla still getting paid. A Rod is still getting paid. Joe Kim Noah is still getting paid. You know That's, what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really guy, attacking my heart now. Jeez, the, Lee. The, the, the only guy that made it through is Trumaine Johnson. He, all you have to do is George Costanza your way out. Yeah. And then you can keep your contract. Yeah, right? yeah. He's the only guy. Yeah, Talk Trumaine Johnson is the biggest check stealer since Chandler Parsons. And talk about A-Rod still getting paid and now being a co-owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, Man's got it made in the shade. Man's got it made in the shade. Uh, speaking yeah. of Bobby Bonilla, real quick, I, I love that Stevie Cohen, the new owner, is having Bobby Bonilla day. And he's going to start having like him come in and like do a fan. That's awesome. like, dude, I'm Work paying for your you, fucking bro. money. Yeah, yo, I'm paying you. Come sign some autographs. Like, do something, man. Oh, man. That's, that's fucking, that's pretty sad that he's making him work for that million dollars. <laughs> he's like, you're going to sign autographs if I say you're going to sign. It's like a little, a little bit of old, old school space jam. You'll come to Moir Mountain. You'll be signing autographs. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Oh, oh god. But man, I, actually, I got one more question. How do you? Because we got we know what game one is for the Jets. It's Panthers. Jet. It's Panthers. Jets. Sam Darnold. You know, I heard you on Coach Faza pod talk about Sam Darnold. How you wish we gave him like you feel the same way we do. Yeah. Wish we gave him the weapons. Wish we gave him something more to to work with, but we gave him nothing. Yeah. So. How is that? Is that game going to be emotional for you? And then we can go over to the next. No, he's off the team. I want him to do well, but also I want us to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, want them, I want us to just and Robbie get Anderson, them out bro, of their misery. I can't take Robbie Anderson. Like, which the Jets should have kept him. I get it. Joe Douglas, he says his mistake. But if we lose to Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, even if we go like 16 and one, it, it, it's still going <laughs> right? to lament that loss. Right. Yeah, we're gonna I don't think, it, I don't think big. they were a good team. Um, and did, did, did Matt rule, um, did he interview for the Jets job and we didn't give it to him or mm-hmm. he just interviewed and decided to take the Carolina job? Do you yeah, know why, get- Lee? Do you want to know why? Why? Because we insisted that we must hire Greg Williams to be the defensive coordinator. So if you want to be the head coach, you have to take Greg Williams. So the only dummy that took that job that we could find on earth was, you guessed it, Adam Case. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And who was the G? Who was our GM? Oh, McCagnan. Yeah, McCagnan. Drinking 97 coffees before 4 a.m. Maybe you don't make the best decisions when you do that. And go to bed. Yeah, I can't reason. believe we, we fired him like after the draft. You know what oh I'm saying? <laughs> fired him after the draft, after free agency, yeah. all those. Hey man, just spend all the money and get out of here. I'm, there's, it's so sad that I'm actually happy that Woody Johnson's back. And I, I like, I was like, oh, Woody Johnson is a terrible owner. Oh, Chris Johnson really just took it right, to right, right, right. <laughs> My God, please, Woody, come back home. Right. Tweeting right. out those hype videos these days. Yeah, that Yo, is so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the Buzz Austin hype train. So I guess, uh, I guess we should be too. 
I guess yeah, so. I, I want to know the dude who who manages. Yeah, hell account. yeah, that I know. Be... Me too. We gotta get him on the. We gotta get him on the pod. <laughs> speaking, speak, speak about notoriously bad owners. That that's just like played the franchise. Let's move it to the next team because we don't have to discuss that guy right now because the Knicks are actually doing well after one season because we made a good coaching hire in Tom Thibodeau, the New York Knicks. So let's let's hear the stance on you for the New York Knicks. What do you think about this past season? Uh, what do you if do you do you think it was a success? Do you think we underperformed? What are your thoughts on the season overall, Lee? I thought the year before, right? Once Mike Miller took over, we saw what the team was able to do, right? Like he won seventeen games. If the season would have extended, you know, they would have won more. So I was expecting. 30 plus wins. I was expecting 35 wins at least this year, right? Because of better coaching. But they exceeded expectations. They exceeded everyone's expectations. And, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's tough because now we have a target on our, and I say we, but the Knicks have a target on their backs now, right? Everybody's gunning for them. You know, they were the laughing stock for so long and, you know, now they have to, they have to reach certain expectations. They have to take, you know, even though as a fan, I'm like, if they make it to the playoffs again, you know, add a couple of pieces, I know it's a, it's a long, you know, we're playing the long game. So personally, I think, you know, first round playoffs, you know, getting close to the second round, just grad, take gradual steps. You know, we, we have guys who are making, you know, in front off, this is so weird to talk about the front office being good for both of our teams. Dude, unbelievable. So we, we, say, we say it like every episode. And like we, we also do the same pause. Like, what is happening right now? They're competent and they know what it seems like they know what they're doing. And it's not the same. Like, we can't say same old Jets, same old Knicks. We can't say that anymore. It's like they know what they're Wild. doing. Of course, until they don't, right? Until they make a move that everybody disagrees with. But it's just good to have confidence. Competent people in the front office, and we we have you know I I think that the expectations should be tempered a little bit, but I'm excited, man. I went to Game Five, and we got blown out the gym. From the- <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember talking so to you before that game because yeah. yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. that game, so I was messaging you like to see if we were <laughs> yeah. anywhere near each other. You're like, I feel good about this one. And I was like, yeah. all right, all right. And then after the game, I was like. Dude. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, we shot terribly in the, you know, and I was like, there's no way we can win if, if we keep shooting like this. And even though the game was close, it was like, you can't shoot 27% and expect to win. It didn't so. feel close. That first half, no. like, was like a misnomer that it was close. Yeah. It yeah. did not feel close. I felt like we were down by 50 from tip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the worst part of that game is all the comedians that were sitting in the front row and they were putting them on the camp. And I was like, hey, I'm here too, guys. <laughs> Yeah, Schultz was there. Chris Rock was there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those Trace, guys were there. Tracy, uh, Tracy yeah, McGrady Tracy was there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy so Morgan. Every, oh, Tracy Morgan, sorry. Well, Tracy, Tracy Morgan, Morgan lives. Morgan. Honestly, I went to so many Knicks games this year, and Tracy Morgan, like, shout out to him. He lived there. Straight yeah. up. He was at every game. Yeah. Would you He's put Tracy Morgan over Spike Lee as, like, a super fan? Um, no, cause Spike is like the, uh, 
he's like the mascot. Everybody, everybody outside knows that Spike Lee is is the fan, right? Like those orange, those circular orange glasses. Like yeah. I, I, if you just show me a circle orange glasses, I think Spike Lee. Yeah, he Knicks. wears he he wears his hat to match with his like he'll wear a Knicks hat to match with his Patrick Ewings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's like the the default mascot. I didn't like him. I didn't like him going, you know, on ESPN and bad mouthing yeah, the yeah, team yeah. and shit like that. That was kind of corny, yeah. but but he doesn't yeah. travel with them, so I guess he's in good graces, right? Like he travels and sits. Right next, I don't know. Yeah, it's just annoying. Yeah. Like that whole that whole thing was annoying. I actually it's so funny, Alex. I I didn't know this was gonna come up, but when you were talking about your coworker annoying you, my co my current coworker like before like when we were still going in the office, I work in the Bronx, and. This guy works in the Bronx, you know, Yankee fan, all this stuff, but he's a Patriots fan. I'm like, okay, where's his Patriot hat and all this stuff? And like, clearly, like, we're clashing, you know, as joking, but like, we're clashing every day. But all of a sudden, he comes up to me. He's, he's, he doesn't mind, like, basketball, he's like kind of indifferent, like kind of one of those guys. Comes mm-hmm. up to me after the Spike Lee incident, and every single day for like four months, we'd be like, oh, Spike Lee, oh, the Knicks are a joke. Make it, like, they I can't believe they, they, I'm like, do you, like, is Spike Lee really that important? He's like, yeah. I was just like, wow. Like from the outside perspective, I didn't realize that like Spike Lee actually like represents the Knicks. So like when yeah. you disrespect Spike Lee, it's like worse than kicking Oakley out of the gym. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, wow. Like I can't believe that this is like a real thing. Nobody here cares about Spike Lee at all. We're yeah, gonna put him exactly. on the cam. Yeah. <laughs> with 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 the, like this fan base, we get disrespected for what goes on for bigger things right like as fans we don't give a shit about spike lee we kind of <laughs> don't care that oakley deserved to be kicked out yeah everybody gets that you know what i'm saying because if oakley came in my house talking shit <laughs> yeah. i would put his big ass out too you know what i'm saying so yeah but as fans we don't care but people since spike lee is on tv and he's on and espn is calling him up like michael rapaport People think that he represents the team, which he doesn't, right? So, you know, these those guys don't matter. It only matters outside of the fan base, but the, the real fans know what's up. Yeah, it's true. I mean, so me being out here in Boston, it's actually funny that you have a coworker that was just who's a you said Patriots fan, right? Yeah, like it was so ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude, must- you're living the Bronx, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a good so. In my area, there it's me as a Jets Knicks fan. Then we have someone who's a Buffalo Bills fan, and then Patriots fan, and then we actually not too far as a Dolphins fan down the wow. aisle. You got ridiculous. the whole East. You got the whole. We got the whole East in, the, in, 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 in one aisle. I'm like, woo! This is, you know, it's 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 sad when it it's sad when you like see like us three, and then you have to be in like Patriots Nation. It's really bad because yeah. they have like a term for all of us, and it's like for. For the dolphins, like time to squish the fish. Yeah, it's I say like, squish the fish. I love squish yeah. the fish. Or, or for like uh, for when they face the Jets, because uh, Parcells used to coach the Jets. Everyone cooks tuna that day, so it's it's just tuna, and you're like you just wow. smell tuna, and it's like this is ridiculous. I forget what the Bills <laughs> was, but they have like a name for everything going on, so it, it gets poked by. I feel like just anyone who's like a Patriots Bostonian fan, New Englander fan, just has like something to poke somebody about. Right. But right. back ba- back back to the next, yeah, like. I would agree with you, Lee, that obviously they exceeded expectations, everything that you could possibly, not everything you possibly wish for, but a lot of things you could wish for, <laughs> for the team to look success, be successful, be confident, make the playoffs. I wish for a point guard, Alex. I wish for a point guard. I wish for a point guard, too. <laughs> and Derek Rose kind of gave us that this season for, for 25 minutes and no longer. Uh, 
But no, nah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. What would you say? What would you say is like the highest point of the season? Like that you really like? Was it like the nine wins? Was it going into the All Star break after five hundred? What was like that point where you like were really, really thrusted into like Knicks? Just like we're good. Like we are a good team. When did you feel that moment? Um, probably. I mean, the nine wins is great, but um, Alec Burks going on a rampage in Atlanta, you're like, oh shit. We started to feel like we can win every game and have somebody who can score in the fourth quarter who can get us a bucket, right? So the nine wins was great, but seeing that comeback against Atlanta and and just, you know, every we were in every game. Like last year, there would be games like from the from the tap, you knew that we were out of it, right? But this year, we were in every game and we expected to win every game. So, that was, but the nine games, like, you couldn't tell me shit. I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dropping your balls on the table, like, yo, what's going on here? You can't tell me nothing. I'm chilling we're right all, now. We were all walking on clouds. During, you know what I think the- we need, though? And, and you said, John, you said a point guard. Like, I think we need a shooter, a guy who can, who, when he's open, like, Reggie Bullock played so far above mm-hmm. You know what we expected, and he's a decent shooter. Oh, you're telling me, <laughs> yeah. but there's a lot of there, you know. We, I feel like if we had Steve Novak, let's say somebody who could shoot like that, oh, who you know the ball is going in when it leaves his hand. If we have, if we can find somebody like that, I think that probably puts us, you know, in in the next in the next level. Let's say you know at least winning three games in the first round and possibly getting to the second round. But I think we need shooting more than any outside shooting more than anything. Yeah. Like for Atlanta, like how they have Herter or they have Hunter, like we need it. Like we need a wing that can just, you know, just knock down shots and get, get to the cup. That's kind of why I want Trey Murphy. And I know John's on that Trey Murphy train as well. The kid from Virginia, you know, he can shoot threes. He plays really good defense. I think he can add a little bit more to his game, but that's why I like him. I think, it's hard to find the point guard, like to find that next guy, like finding that next like general of like the offense. Um, if the Knicks did take uh, Sharif Cooper because he is a playmaker, I wouldn't be upset. I know John's got his feelings about Sharif. I know he like, he likes Trey Mann, but he's question, he questions the fit. Um, Sharif Cooper can't shoot, bro. He's literally Alfred Payton, but nobody wants to hear that story. <laughs> hey man, look at those look at those videos. He's shooting straight up now. He's shooting. Uh, he's Alfred dude, Payton was a lottery pick, man. We got to stop this. And Alfred, that's Payton. what I'm saying. Alfred Payton was was nasty in Orlando. The problem was he couldn't shoot. So yeah. he was playmaking all the time with his crazy hair, and I actually loved him. He was like one of my favorite players because, like, I want I love that playmaker, and I I'm starving for a playmaker. So anybody that could pass the ball, I'm like, I want you in three years. Like, you know, like yeah. I have my yeah. eyesight on you already. Yeah. And the problem was they figured him out in about half a season. They were just like, we're just gonna stand, we're just gonna stand back, dude. Right. And you're not gonna be able to do anything. Right. Half so, a season. They just they figured it out game one. They're like, oh, this dude's not. No, shit. no, year Chill. two. I think year two Orlando, or maybe like oh, year, year two. two. Oh, that, that's what you're talking. Yeah, about. like okay. year two, gotcha, like gotcha. Year, maybe like two and a half, three, or like you know during that time, like he was rocking for a little bit, like crazy assists, like you know he would like they'd be nervous about him, so he'd be able to get to the lane. But after that, it was like, dude, you can't shoot, so we're just gonna stand back here, and like that's what they're gonna do to Cooper, dude. And so like I just. I can't, dude, I can't, I can't handle another point guard that is just gonna stink. I like that is the that is like the one thing right now with the Knicks and like the parallel for the Jets for me. 
Like, I cannot have a bad quarterback right now. I just can't handle it. Like, I physically, like, and I cannot handle, like, signing or drafting a point guard to be our starting point guard and having being bad. Like, if you want to draft a backup quarterback that turns out bad or mediocre, no problem. You know what I mean? Like, more, James Morgan, I don't care, dude. He sucks. That's fine. You know, I, I, no, you want to trade for Nick Foles and no, I don't care. Like, you want to get like D Rose and all these people, no problem. But like, once you pay me, once you like pay for a point guard or you draft a lottery point guard, like he better be a point guard. Right? Like, I'm so, yeah. I, like, I'm, I'm so fed up. You know, yeah. like, well, good thing about Shreve Cooper is that he doesn't have to be a lottery. He's just a first rounder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, good one, because we don't have a lottery. But yeah, but you know what I mean. Just like exactly. I don't, I, I just as long as he's not slated to be the starter, I don't. That's fine. You know what I mean. But if he's gonna be like, hey, we need you to like run this team. Like God help me, dude. We're gonna suck in every second half ever. Our third what about Vildosa? What about Vildosa? Is he, he gonna be, start? Be the I don't know. He he's you know he's got international experience. He's played against pros m- most of his life. So you know, I don't see why he can't slide in. I'm I'm not. Here's the problem with I, I don't really get into college basketball too much because you don't know what these guys are going to be until you see them in the league. Right. And sure. and first of all, let me just say this is that, again, with competence in the front office, like Perry drafted Mitchell Robinson. Right. And then they drafted IQ this year. So they know what they're doing. And if they don't draft a point guard, I'm like, OK, they know what they're doing. I trust them. They'll find it some other way. Right. There's, there's going to be some other way. And Tibbs is a phenomenal coach and he'll make it work. So I'm not really worried about it, you know, and we have the developer, you know, we have the development team now who can develop the guys. So guys are going to at least play to the level, you know, that they're supposed to as pros. We got stuck with Alfred. That's not going to happen this year. So, you know, I'm, I'm confident and I'm not too high on, on any of the guys coming out because there are guys like we didn't, we didn't even know what quickly was. Right. And then he comes in and explodes on the scene. Right. He has the confidence. There was a point where my favorite player, Kevin Knox. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna drag it <laughs> yes, that guy. Finally, we got there. I was, I, I, of course, we're burying that lead for a while. We're he, definitely he gonna ask about best, Kevin Knox. Yeah, he was the <laughs> best shooter in Kentucky, right? He was like a good wing. He can shoot the ball. He can shoot it from three. He can shoot it the mid range, right? And then he gets to the league, and he's not that good. Of course, he's 18 years old. You know what I'm saying? But. You know, we got to see these guys in the league, give them time to develop, and we can't put any pressure on right now for any of these guys because we've seen it. There's guys who come into the league hot, then they fizzle off, and there's guys who come into the league who you don't hear about or you don't really know Trevor Ariza, who's had one of the best careers, you know, and he wasn't. You know, he wasn't great coming out of high school, but and we didn't keep him that long. But these guys need time to develop, man. For sure. I mean, look at Chris Middleton. He was a G leaguer, and now look at him. He's a right. He's a Robin to uh, to Giannis's Batman, and now he's an NBA champion. You know, you have campaign on the Phoenix Suns. Right. Came in, was out in OKC, couldn't do it. Goes to the China, goes to China, goes to the G League, comes back, and now he's actually giving you some like good minutes. There's a lot of guys who have that story, yeah. and we've seen it. even like Duncan Robinson, who's on the Heat. He was a G leaguer, came in like he just needs time. Some guys just need time to develop. Yeah. Danny Green is another dude. There's so many guys from the G League who come in and just they need that time. They develop at a different rate. And then you see a lot of these guys who have, you know, the flash, the everything that you want out of them. Like we have Markel Fultz, right? And he's starting to get it together, but didn't come in hot as what everyone expected. And you saw him at Washington. You're like, yo, this kid's going to be a hooper. 
right, or right. basketball player, depending depending on what Yoda says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't you never know. That whole argument, man. That's so yeah. Cool. I can't believe that we had that. That I can't believe that was a discussion. Um, but hey, but the game is changing a little bit too, right, Alex? Like you think like these players. Like, not to go off on a tangent, but, like, Duncan Robinson, campaign, like, G- these G League guys, like, you feel like the league's just becoming, like, shooter-oriented more than, like, playmaker, hard body, you know, D-up, and you can kind of hide people. Like, campaign, like, yo, give me 12 quick minutes, give me nine points, and, like, that's going to change the whole game, change, and give me wins. You know what I mean? I think what's happening is that teams are getting smart, and they see that you have to develop guys, and that what changed is that we stopped – we stopped the 18. You can't come straight out of high school, right? So now yeah. you get everyone who does that one and done. It's going back. Not, right? not, actually, it's not even that. It's still, it's, you're still getting these guys very young. Like, just regardless of that, it's even prior to then. You took guys who were three, four years in college. You know, when we're talking about the 80s, even 90s, they had to be there for at least three years to be somewhat of a prospect. So they're coming in at 20, 21 years old. So they understand the discipline. They've been part of that type of system where you have to work and know your role and everything like that. So now you're getting these guys who played one year of college ball or came straight into the league. They don't really, you don't really learn a system within one year. If you've been, unless you've been there for a couple of years. And so they need that time to develop to be, because essentially what you're doing is saying you're going from a boy to a man, like you're yeah. legit, you're getting a big boy check and you now have a job like yeah. 18, 19 year, year old. I know if when I was 18 and 19, I was just fucking around, not even taking things seriously. So they have to come in. They have to try to, you, you're literally figuring things out on the go within four years. That's kind of why I feel bad for Frank and for Kevin Knox, because they didn't have that system to be, you know, to, to really learn, to grow, you know, right, everything was right. in flux. You go, you go from Fisdale, then you go to Mike Miller, who's just trying to keep for a job. And then you go Thibodeau who, and a different front office within three years. How's that fair to Kevin Knox and for right, Frank right. legit four different coaches yeah. and you're, what's he supposed to work with? So it's I think it's, it's Sam just Arnold story, bro. It's the same. Yeah, They're all is. the same. Yeah, no, it is. And, but for them, like, you're coming in much younger than obviously like football players. Those guys are coming in like 22 to 24. So, yeah. yeah, So they're, they're much older, but 18, 19, I can tell you that if I was 18, 19 getting a lot of money, I would probably, not saying that I would, but I wouldn't necessarily be focused as soon as I stepped in day one, you know? And I think that's what Tibbs sees too. And that's what's so different about when you look at quickly, when you look at RJ, when you look at Obi, guys who just want to get in and do the work. Granted, Obi was there for what, three, four years? He's 21, 22. That was his biggest criticism that he's old. Or 20, yeah, he's old. It was 23. <laughs> yeah, 22. 23, yeah, 23, yeah. 22, 23. Yeah, 22, yeah. 23. So that's why he's more mature and he can actually like understand that role. Yeah. That's what I think about it. But Lee, who, is there any free agent or any draft pick that you're really looking forward to or not forward to, but you hope the Knicks sign or like hope the Knicks draft? Is there anyone that, that you have in your mind? Um, No, not really. I, I don't uh... – you know, I don't like to speculate, but I, I think knowing like the the guys that intrigue me, the guys that I think can take this team to the next level are guys like I have a short list, right, of guys that I would love on the Knicks. Clay Thompson is at the top of that list. Yeah. He's not available, right? Talk about he, language. <laughs> he's one of my favorite players, one of the best shooters we've ever seen, right? And then uh second tier is Bradley Beal. Right. He's not available or we'd have to give up everything. And then lastly is Buddy Heald. Right. I think a guy like that who who play who under under Thi- uh, Thibodeau, you know, he would be great. He's what we need as a shooter. Right. He can just fill it up and he can be that complimentary scorer to to, um 
you know, to Randall. So I think that's like my list of things that I would like to see happen. But other than that, I'm like, whoever's on a team, you know, hopefully they can contribute. Hopefully, you know, we find somebody in the draft that's a steal that, you know, can shoot lights out that we can develop. But I don't know who those guys in the draft are. And, you know, a lot of times free agents don't necessarily pan out. We got lucky. Look, I mean, look, Bobby Portis, we knew he was he was decent, but we were ridiculed for signing three power forwards yeah. when Portis was the center. Right. So, you know, these guys need to be put in the right situation. Look at Nerlens, right? Nerlens, yeah, sure. everybody was like five million. He hasn't done anything, but <laughs> in the right situation, put in doing, taking care of what he's supposed to be taking care of, which is, you know, protect the rim. He was outstanding last yeah. year. You know what I'm saying? So these guys know what they're doing. They're all on the same page. So Tibbs is going to be like, look, this is what we need. And I'm sure the guys will get it for him. But there's not really anybody that I want out there other than those three guys that I mentioned. I mean, if, shit. If we got Clay Thompson, I'm going through. That's what, that's my favorite player too. Clay Thompson is like my guy. I love Clay yeah. Thompson. That, if you want to talk about a guy that just strictly loves basketball, I want to know from Yoda, is this a bat, is he a basketball player or is he a hooper? I think he actually answered that question. <laughs> he said he's a basketball player, just like strictly down to like robotics, just like does everything the right way. I love the way he's just, Weaving in and out between screens, yeah. just like looking to get open any single way. Yeah. Like does legit everything to the T perfectly. Are you guys worried? Are you guys worried about Clay coming off the double injury? No. no. ECL and Clay, Achilles. You guys are Clay good. Clay can right. play ball from a wheelchair. He can okay. shoot from a wheelchair and be excellent at it. The dude oh. is phenomenal. He he kind of reminds me of Ray Allen. Like there's nobody I yes. I, I want to see players start to play like Rip Hamilton, Ray Allen, Clay yeah. Thompson, who You are really speaking my yeah. language. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, honestly. like move without the ball. Find the open spot. You know, a, a lot of basketball right now, and we saw this with the with the Rockets, it's just one guy handles the ball, four guys standing around. That's so that. easy to defend. Like there's nobody running to the open spot, cutting, crossing, running the baseline. Like I would like to see that type of player so if there's somebody in college now who who's good at that, maybe that's the guy that you know that I'd like I'd like to see play ball, man. That's that's good basketball, you know. Trey Murphy, literally, legit Trey Murphy. Actually, the criticism is he can't do anything else except for come off the ball and shoot. <laughs> like that is the criticism. So it's funny. So yeah, that's what, that's kind of why I like. Uh, it's so funny. We like so those type of guys. That's yeah. legit the type of guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, the guy that killed us. Yeah. During uh during the nineties, uh on the paces is like that too, which is Reggie uh, Miller, Reggie yeah. Miller yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's, actually that's funny. I was reading an article, what was it, uh when Reggie had to guard Rip and Reggie was actually complaining about Rip's game, and then someone had to say, <laughs> Reggie, Rip does the exact same thing that you do. Yeah. He actually models <laughs> your game after you. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> push off one guy. Get the other guy, move in into your moving screener, get the ball, hit the shot. Yeah. Like, that's it. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's the recipe. Not only exactly. does that, not only does that, you know, tire the defender out, but he's not going to have the same amount of energy he needs on offense too. So if you have that defender running around, you know, you, number one, you make it, if you're just standing around, you make it easier to defend, but you're also, you know, giving, leaving that guy energy on the offensive end. So you got to tire these guys out on defense so that they can't give you anything on offense, you know? Yeah. Demoralizing. Sure. Absolutely. There's actually, Play, oh, I was just playing pickup. There's a guy who um, I forget what 
pretty sure he worked for the Liberty when I met him and one, as one of the coaches. And he said, look, scorers just love to score. They don't like playing defense because that's a lot of energy. He's yeah. like, they can play defense, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. go and just go at them. And sure enough, they get tired. You know, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it, especially if they just love scoring. And you need those type of guys, though, who can just who can score. But they are their weaknesses. You know, that is their weakness. Yeah, I think I think Melo's a perfect example, right? He was so good at scoring that he was kind of lax on defense. But yep. if you look at it, some of his some of the like when he faced LeBron James and guys like that, he was going toe to toe with oh, them defensively. One hundred percent. Like he played great defense against Kobe. Like Kobe's Kobe, right? But he was playing great def- defense against these guys who were top notch players. That's when he would bring the defensive energy. But you know, he was so lax other times that that's what you know, people are reminded of, but you know, he could play defense though. If, if he, when he wanted to. For sure. And that was like the criticism. Like we love Melo. This is, this is a Melo stand podcast, (laughs) but that was the issue is that he chose when to play defense where if he just played defense, if he gave, you know, if I, I would take 85 to 90% a lot of defensive effort throughout most of the season, he's a, he's a different player, you know, he absolutely like he, he'll kill everybody in the league if he just did that. But, but who's, who held him accountable though? Uh, George Carl, that was it. Yeah. If he had someone hold him accountable on yeah, that, I mean, Mike Woodson did. Mike, Mike Woodson yeah. did, did, did yeah. a good job. Right, he did a, right, he did right, a good right. job. But and that's the thing, like yeah. you know, once uh, I don't want to go down the Phil Jackson era. Yeah. At least let's let's just stay far, <laughs> far away from that. Let's stay far, Who, far from that. Who's worse, Which, Phil Jackson or Mike McCagnan? Which <laughs> Adam Gase. <laughs> That's the answer. Adam Gase oh, is the answer for everything. Yeah. Adam Gase, yes. Listen, Buddy Heald is, is you know attainable. Um, you know, Bradley Beal is you know somewhat attainable. So that'd be cool. Like just just really quick, like I, I'm just curious. Like, what are your thoughts on like Lowry or Bo- Lonzo Ball or even like a Norm for point guards or like a Norm Powell or. um like Alex mentioned, uh, Duncan for, uh, for shooters. Like, you have any thoughts on any of those four guys? Yeah, I, I like Lonzo because I think his basketball IQ is tremendous and he'll get, I think as a player, um, who needs to be put in the right position, let's say Julius Randle, you know, he likes the ball a certain way. Lonzo can get him the ball. Lonzo's smart enough to put people in a position where they'll, where they'll succeed, right? I think he'll be a tremendous help to somebody like Kevin Knox, right? Cause if Kevin Knox hits a couple of shots in a row, right? He'll keep feeding him or he'll, you know, and, and Lonzo can get to the basket whenever he wants. He's a decent free throw shooter. So I think I would like to have him, you know, and maybe whatever his price tag is, if they don't match, it would be good. And he's great defensively. Right. Because that's that's the first thing. Right. Is that Tibbs is going to want somebody who's going to play defense and this kid can get out on the break. You know, he can finish at the rim. So I would like to see Lonzo. I think Lowry is on the downside of his. I'd never like Lowry to begin with um, ever. He's like one of my least favorite. I don't even know why. I don't know why. That is, um, I actually, I started liking him when I found out he was from Philly. That's the only reason <laughs> I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Fine. He can go to Philly. Fine. He can go to Philly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I think the only reason why I didn't like Lowry for a long time is because everybody was saying at one time that we should have traded for him and that we needed to have him. And I didn't believe it. So mm. 
I may, I guess I, I made that, that up in my head that he was horrible just so that sure. to justify not trading for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that we didn't want to trade him on Shumpert for, uh, yep. Kyle Lowry. Right. That's right. Yeah. I, but we were actually, willing to trade everything for the GM, right? Those are, those are crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> but we were willing to trade for Andrea Bargnani and give him a fuck. And that too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Made no sense. That was Absolutely a great trade because no it, it, it's one of the best memes that we have him coming up short <laughs> on a dunk. Oh my God. Into the floor. Man. That was a tough game, dude. <laughs> we oh, needed God. that. <laughs> See, we need the bad times to enjoy the good times so much, right? Duty so, and the struggle, baby. We, 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 we legit, the, the human stromboli, like coming down the lane, <laughs> trying to make a dunk, and this guy is just a bunch of dough. Just <laughs> <laughs> at least we didn't draft him number one, right? So oh, there's man. Some... <laughs> we traded for some picks for him. It's even worse. I'd rather like on the potential draft him. Like, oh yeah, he might. You good rather than like we know he's not good. Okay, here's some first round picks. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's like living with the KP. At least we drafted the guy. At least we got something in return. We gave up something for a guy who was not even that. Yeah. But I guess I guess we could move on to to the last team and, and then uh, wrap it up and get you out of here, Lee. John, I'll, I'll let you lead this section off because you're more uh, hyped about the Yankees than uh, either we or, or I, I will say. Listen, man, there's been so much slander on the New York <laughs> Yankees. From the beginning of the season until now, I've all I've been doing is hearing, oh my goodness, the Yankees are supposed to be the best team ever. Their odds are the highest. And then once we came out flat, it was, oh my goodness, let's fire Aaron Boone. Cashman needs to go home. Like, let's light everyone on fire. And that, at that time, Cole was amazing. Chapman was amazing. Sanchez sucked. And we all wanted, you know, Higgy to be like our MVP, right? Like that's what was going on here at the time. DJ sucked and like we're all like crying about Luke Voigt not being around and that's why we're losing. Like just the weirdest, you know, yeah, beginning. Yeah. And where we're at now is like, oh, we had like a little middle where honestly the Yankees stunk and then it was, you know, paying Cole. He's a cheater. Why the hell did we pay him? Or we have no rotation because Kluber's hurt. You know, Herman, we don't know. There's domestic issues. Like, Jordan Montgomery's inconsistent. Who the heck is Talion? All this stuff that's going on, right? And now, we're at this position where, okay, Yankees stink. We are, we have the hot, back to like, uh, normal, you know, MLB odds to like, I think we're, and I'm going to ask you guys, we're plus 1,000 to win the division and also plus 1,000 to get to the World Series. And before the season started, we were like minus 400, uh, you know, both those things. So, like, we're at a, like, literally complete opposite of where we're sitting. However, for the first time this season, I'm actually optimistic about the Yankees. Like, if you're actually watching this team right now, we came out of the All-Star break and everyone has COVID. Everyone's yelling about Aaron Judge and speculating who doesn't have the vaccine and just freaking out about literally everything because that's the life of a Yankee fan. And for the first time, we have to actually act like a real baseball team. We went to the AAA and we just got a bunch of guys that no one's ever heard of, which is like every MLB team. We don't know how that works, but like, you know, real, real teams, like not the Yankees, like real baseball teams, they don't sign Jay Bruce for $50 million to be horrible and then retire half of the year. They just get a guy from AAA to do that. You know what I mean? So we're finally in that position and like we got players like Greg Allen who, People still haven't heard of, even though he's absolutely killing it, playing small ball. Like, that was what I we've all been crying about for the last year true. and a half. 
That All the Yankees do is hit home runs. This and that. We're just, we die by the home run. And we're finally playing small ball. Gary Sanchez is finally playing well. Like, DJ is on the map. Like, we don't care about Luke Voigt. You know what I mean? Like, Guardy stinks again. Like, we're back to normal in my, in my head, right? Of like this, like, and of like this, like, let's play real baseball. And everyone is so negative and down on the Yankees. And like, we're winning games. So I'm so frustrated, man. I'm like in this, I'm so frustrated. Like, it would be okay if we stunk and, you know, but like, we're actually good. And everyone is just like, oh no, we're so bad. So, so like, I'm on this hype train with the Yankees right now. I feel like I'm watching real baseball, like the athletics. I feel like I'm watching the Oakland athletics tonight. Like, you know, and it feels like wholesome and it feels great. And no one expects us to win. And I'm just happy to be here, man. Like, I really am. Like, I, I, I think we're going to keep getting better. I have this crazy, like, Aaron Hicks went down. Everything was so bad. I have this weird in my head feeling that, like, Sevy's going to come back. And yes. he's going to be able to, like, close the back of that rotation. And we're going to... I'm gonna put a bet. I'm gonna put. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw it up to you guys because I want you guys to take the floor because I know you guys both think I'm crazy. So let me ask you a question. If you had, if you had, uh, if you had a hundred dollars, if you had, if you had a hundred dollars, and it was your only money, right, and you had to gamble it on one of these two things, I guess you could split it because that's what I'm gonna do. But I'm curious to see you guys. If you have the plus one thousand <laughs> to win the division, and there's seven games out, but we're playing the entire division for the next month. Or plus one thousand to actually make the World Series, and in that case, we're four games out of the wild card. So if 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 it's if it's on you, like, do you think the Yankees can get hot now? Do you think they can make the playoffs and get hot, or do you think I'm just insane? Like, where do where do where, where do you guys where you guys where are you guys right now? First of all, let me say, if I had a hundred dollars, my last hundred dollars, most of that would go to child support. That's first. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I would not be able to put all of it <laughs> on the Yankees. I've already bet half of that on the Jets making the playoffs. So that Let's leaves go. me I with that about, too. Let's go. That leaves me with about twelve dollars. <laughs> <All right. laughs> which is not even enough for one beer at Yankee Stadium. So. <laughs> no, that's one. No, no, that's literally one beer. <laughs> so look, first thing I want to say is that your enthusiasm is Weird, right? No, so they're four games out of the wild card, right? To me, Sevy's the second best pitcher on the team, right? And we missed him. Domingo German won 18 games, you know, had the issue last year. Um, he hasn't been as good as he was the year that he won 18 games, right? So, um, if he pitches better, we win more games, right? Um, Chapman hasn't been himself. Um, for a long time, we hated Sanchez, but he's f- carried us basically for a little while. He's carried the team, hitting home runs and key spots and stuff like that. He's tearing the cover off the ball. LeMay Hughes, like, been on base since 86, it feels like. You know what I'm saying? For the last 30 games, unbelievable. Yeah. He's always on base. Aaron Judge is doing what he normally does. Giancarlo isn't playing as well as, you know, he's, he's doing what he normally does. Automatic out. You know? <laughs> but look, we forget that he was phenomenal in the playoffs last year, right? So, you know, you can't turn it on and off, right? But this is a long season. And, and when Gary starts to falter again, which he will, maybe Stanton can come in and, you know, carry the team for a couple of weeks. So that's the thing with these guys is that they have the ability to carry a team. So, 
do I think that they can win? Yeah. If they play, you know, Seattle a few more times, if they play the Twins a few more times, <laughs> and then Boston has to face, you know, Tampa and Houston, and maybe we'll make up some ground in the East. But four games out of the wild card, I, I, I think that's, that's definitely not an insurmountable lead. So they can make the playoffs and, and I'm sure that they'll find a way to make the playoffs. They'll, they'll be fine. Now, whether they can win in the playoffs is another thing, but I think they can make the playoffs. Well, the next seven games, dude, are four against the Red Sox after today. Right, we're recording. We're, we're, but this pod's going to come out after you guys already know the score to Yankees Phillies, but we have four games against the Red Sox and three against the Rays. And we're seven games out. I'm just saying that I don't, I'm not a math guy, but I'm just saying that's a seven and there's a seven. And I just say we can get close. The, the guys ahead of us are in the wild card. Like, like you mentioned, Toronto, Seattle, the athletics. Like, come on, guys. What are we talking about? The Yankees going to make the playoffs. Our bullpen's going to get better. Our starting pitcher is going to get stronger. Our lineup's going to actually come together if we could scrap games with our triple play. Yeah. All right, so I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking the, the the World Series one. I'm, I won't take the Division one. I'll, I'll yeah, the Division one. It's more, I guess, because of the numbers, it's more likely for them to make the World Series and come back from seven games to go win the division. Sure, my thing is, is, is this: you mentioned it. We brought up a bunch of AAA guys who are playing small ball. Once we get guys back and healthy. We mix you know what that baby. Means? We mix some baby like Gardner yeah, yeah, right. and Greg Allen <laughs> yeah, in there. Right. Come on, I'm not, man. I'm not that aloof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that Yo, aloof. To what Yankees, happens next? We, Yankees, we get back to being well. home run. We get back to being home run guys Almost. once again because yeah. that's what ha- that's what happens, man. Ricey, our producer. I need this all on record. If the Yankees <laughs> do well, I need both of these guys on blast. <laughs> oh, so, man, I, I think you know. It's about time Floreal is up in the league, right? He's heard about him for so long. Um, Dominguez, you know, he might not make it this year, but maybe later on the year when they expand the rosters, he might come up. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's good to see these guys in the future and maybe they can help out the ball club now. But, you know, that's why I think, too, you were talking about earlier Aaron Boone being fired. I don't think, like, in baseball, how is it that, we blame the manager for guys getting up there and, you know, either swinging at bad pitches or, you know, having terrible at bats or not, you know, not hitting situationally, right? There's nothing that you can tell a professional ball player that's going to make him hit any better, right? He knows what he has to do. It's his job. You know, these guys are all professionals. I don't think Aaron Boone you know, yelling at an umpire is going to spark the team, right? Yeah. Like if if you're four games out of the wild card, seven games behind, that should be enough for you to get your ass in gear, you know, and maybe take a couple of pitches and have better at-bats. But I don't think – I think sometimes we overrate as fans the importance of a manager. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like uh, the managing a, managing a team – and I guess that's why they're called the manager and not a coach. They're not necessarily – there's not schematics as you would in like basketball, hockey, or football, but you know, for them, it's just more so keeping like the peace within the clubhouse, just kind of getting guys like you, 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 you choose the order, like you choose who's going to be out on the field. You, you, you match up against whether it's a left or right handed pitcher, you know, you, you tell them like how to shift and all that stuff. Like again, prepare for like the teams. But other than that, like how much more is going on? You have your pitching coach and that's the guy who's really like 
setting up your defense is, hey, I, this is what's practice on this and get this thing going. So I agree with you. The manager, it's highly unlikely that Boone gets fired. Everyone just needs, we're New York fans. We just need someone to blame. Okay. And it's, it's hard to, everyone wants to keep judge. You, you're not getting rid of Stanton anytime soon. What, what else is going to happen? Sanchez? Like he's people are just, people are very hopeful for Sanchez. They're hoping he pulls off the Julius Randle, so they don't want to get rid of him yet. But who's the one guy that everyone could just get behind and just choose Aaron Boone? We can just choose Aaron Boone because he's the manager. That's it. Can I be honest? Get I out of here. I'll be honest with you. My last note on the Yankees: I think we're going to live and die obviously by the pitching, but I, on the field, I think it's going to be Glaber Torres. If he could, if he could field cleanly, if he can, get, if he could just get some hits and be the Glaber Torres that we know, I think he's gonna stabilize the whole thing because he's really the X factor. Like he's our Alec Burks almost. You know what I mean? If he goes crazy, we win. If he plays horrible, we we stink. You know what I mean? So if he's at least average, like we have a chance. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Um, we yeah, we need him definitely to hit, and he's having some field fielding troubles, but. You know, I don't know. I, I guess there was some, you know, there's somebody, you know, we wanted to get a shortstop and move him back to second. I don't know who that shortstop is going to be, but, you know, maybe. And and then that puts LeMayhew out of position, right? So, I don't know. These guys just have to play better, you know. He's still young, you know, but he, we need, we definitely need him to, to hit and in be in better hitting situations, but also too, the lineup is always changing. That's one c- complaint that I have about, about Boone is that the lineup is always changing and there's no consistency. And maybe that would help, you know, if you put Glaber in the three hole all the time, you know, maybe that will help his confidence and, and get him better pitches to look at. But who knows? He's, he's five through seven and, you know, he, he hits everywhere in the lineup. So maybe he just needs some consistency in that sense. I think on that note, for Glaber Torres, that's where we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. But I, I do agree, maybe some consistency from Aaron Boone will help this for, for Glaber Torres to, at least to get back in rhythm. But there's we, optimism for all three teams here, Alex. I don't care what anyone says. There's optimism okay. for all three teams here. <laughs> all right, <laughs> two, two, two and a half. Okay, two and fine. a half. Two and a half. But we thank you for coming on, man. No, you got. We know we gotta get you out of here. But thank you for coming on the pod. Really appreciate it, Lee. Please let the the listeners know where they can find you. Anything that you got coming up, working on. Please let them know. Yeah. So, um, I don't, when is this coming out? This Friday. Is, uh, Friday. 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 All right. Yep. So this, uh, you can follow me at Leo Valentin at at uh, Twitter on Twitter. That's where I do most of my posting and uh, talking shit and having fun. Man, I love <laughs> Twitter. But um, I got a show this Saturday. Um, Stand up New York, eight o'clock. I'm also at the Grizzly Pair. So if you're in the West Village this Saturday, the 24th, Grizzly Pair, six o'clock, eight o'clock, Lantern, 10 o'clock, Stand up New York. I'll be there on the eight o'clock show as well. So pick a show, come on out, hang out with me. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. So thank you for having me on the show, man. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Uh, keep the optimism up, John. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, I wanted to say, uh, too, that, uh, the coworker of yours, that's a New England Patriots fan. I hope he gets COVID too. No. <laughs> I got you. I'm going to show him that. <laughs> All right. Coming in hot. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lee, for coming Thank on. Thank you so much, man. Thank so you. Much. I appreciate it's, it. It's been a great pod. And it's, it's always rare to find another one like us, man. You're, we're a rare breed, the Knicks, Jets, Yankees, man. So. No doubt, man.
I'll Hang see you at stand up, dude. I'll see you soon. All right, I'll be you. there. Take care, man. I'll be a bald guy. Later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. Thank you, man. All right, everyone. That wraps up another Jets episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Thank you once again for listening. Please make sure to go check out Lee's stuff over on YouTube. And please make sure to go check out his shows if you're in New York City in the West Village this Saturday. All right. And for us, this podcast that you're listening to, please make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and to leave us a comment. It's much appreciated. It helps us tremendously so please make sure that you do so on top of that if you do not listen to us on apple podcast it's okay it seriously is okay because we're on spotify we're on google play we're on amazon alexa you name it we're there all audio streaming platforms we are there also please make sure to give us that like or follow on instagram facebook and twitter we will appreciate that as well all right everyone we'll catch you later for next week with another nicks episode of the nicks jets etc podcast Let's go Jets, let's go Knicks, and let's go Yankees, baby. Let's go.